0: This episode of the Order Sixty Six podcast is brought to you by our partners at Audible.com, GoDaddy.com, and 4 inkjetcom Visit D20Radio today to see how these great offers can help you save money and help D20Radio.com. Also, Tucson Talk goes out to Marius Johansson, Randy, and Tammy Barnhart, and Samuel Whitwer. For their generous contributions, which help make the Order 66 possible. This episode is for you, fine people.
1: D20 Radio, your gamer's role. www.d20radio.com. <laughs> Execute.
0: Order sixty six. Greetings and salutations. This is Sunday, September 21st, 2008. Welcome back to the Order 66 podcast as we get ready for episode number 30. Is it right? Is it 35? 35. I lose track. I lose track way too often for my own good.
2: Well, we know that. We can tell that by just listening to the podcast. Eh, Of
0: course. Yeah,
2: what is up Gamer Nation? I am GM Chris and uh with me as always is our uh, our amazing uh producer, technical wizard and uh secret Jedi master rebel sympathizer uh GM Dave. What
0: is up, homie? Not true, man. Not true. I deny every bit except for the rebel sympathizer part. Oh, but we're doing good, man. We are doing good, you know?
2: No. Good good stuff. Good stuff. So, on Friday I went to go see um Burn After Reading, the the new Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. It was pretty good, cool. it was pretty good uh, it's Coen brothers movie I mean
0: yeah, <laughs> so you know, you, uh, uh,
2: you know quirky um uh unnecessarily violent in all the right places <laughs> um and it was uh you know it was it was it was pretty funny it was, pr- it was pretty darn funny kind of kind of a slow start, which they usually do and um but it was it was it was worth it it was pretty good
0: good i'm glad glowing endorsement for all our listeners out there.
2: Yes, yes, glowing endorsements, major, major, majorly glowing. That's but right. um, speaking of glowing endorsements, uh, I guess the, the purpose of this podcast, for those of you who might just be walking into the room for the first time ever, uh, is to talk about uh, Star Wars Saga Edition role playing, um, the D twenty system out from Wizards of the Coast. It's been out for oh about seventeen, eighteen months now, and. Um, is just in my opinion the finest D twenty system ever produced. The ever. best D twenty system in the land, in the nation, in the land. in the land. And that and that voice was interesting.
0: <laughs> On this planet that we call Earth. Uh, yes, thank you.
2: But we're here to talk about it, and we got to get our talk underway because we have an absolutely meat-chocked, full of episode for 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 you guys. So <laughs> so we we got to get to it.
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, sure.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, we got some announcements. Uh, well, let, let, so let's say that you know you, you know, you've played a little bit of Saga Edition, but but you want to see some more. You want to play something else, some other fine role-playing game, perhaps based in a fantasy setting that you know holds your interest and plays very similar to Saga, since it was the test bed for its creation. And you're interested in the new fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons, but you don't quite know. You want to learn more about it. You wanna you want to get the inside scoop, the preview. Dave, what? What can you do?
0: You could listen to Radio Free Hamlet, If, uh, indeed, you were looking for the Dungeons & Dragons genre. Yes.
2: Which I believe it is entirely devoted to. That's uh, fourth correct. Fourth edition. Fourth and edition. And you guys can go to d20radio.com and click on the Homlet link. And, uh, gosh, they have their, uh, well, actually, I think nine casts up now, although eight, eight adventures, although one of them is kind of a random thoughts. And, uh, I mean, they, they are delving into 4th edition something hard. Uh, DM Tim and that whole crew are uh, serious, hardcore, excellent gamers. Uh, wonderful D&D players. They, they, for Pete's sake, they made it to the finals in the d and Open at Gen Con. Yep. Um, very knowledgeable, funny, great group of people. And uh, if you're interested, give it a listen. Absolutely. You'll like it.
0: And you don't know this. I don't. But D20 Radio is about to announce their third podcast.
2: Oh, it's happening. It Yay. is
0: happening, and it is titled Minis Mayhem. Your host oh, will be GM Brett.
2: I am so excited. He's been talking about it for some time. So, yes, we are going to get a Minis cast up, folks. D20 Radio will be hosting a new one. I, I, I'm I, sure I'll probably end up, maybe hopefully if Brev will have me, I'll guest on at least once or twice. Probably um, so because minis is just too much fun to ignore yep and uh, that's gonna be really freaking awesome so excitement
0: excitement nonetheless right. excitement yep so we'll excitement. have that third podcast up and then we'll, where do we where do we go from there well ha <laughs> oh drink drop everybody drop the bed. everybody drink <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you I love it. Where do we hey, go? You know, Where do we go? Where's our fourth podcast going to be? Well, it's going to be the KOTOR MMO. Yeah, in like a year and a half when it comes out. Yeah, I know. But, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm working on a little something-something. May have it out a little bit earlier than that. We'll just, we'll just have to see.
2: I'm totally down. And it's really interesting. See, on that podcast, I'll be the silent one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you betcha. You know, I can't wait, oh, man. We'll have a guild going day one. We'll, we'll uh, Man, I can't wait. We'll have the Order 66 guild in-game.
2: If we can, yeah. Uh, not, we, it's, I it's, hope it's so. Gonna be, it's going to be exciting.
0: I oh, like yeah. That. Yeah. We'll just, Speaking of
2: other exciting news, uh, we have T-shirts. T-shirts, T-shirts, T-shirts. D20 Radio swag, ladies and gentlemen. You know you want it. It looks awesome. Declare your membership in the Gamer Nation today. Hop over to D20Radio.com and uh, click on our swag link. Swag. Uh, And uh, you can, uh, with the help of the wonderful guys at Crazy Custom Tees, we are offering uh, wonderful, beautiful, heavy cotton black t shirts with our D20 Radio logo on the front and on the back. Either I never listened to the Order 66 podcast or I leveled up listening to Radio Free Homlet. your choice. And uh, with the coupon codes they have out there now, um, you can get them for 12 bucks a piece. I know uh, Nick at Crazy Custom Tees has a coupon code. You can get two for 24 right now, um, whereas they're normally about 15. So, Great, great opportunity. To take advantage of it. Please declare your membership of the Gamer Nation. Purchase a T-shirt. Help out the podcast. And if you just want to help out the podcast, like the amazing, fine individuals announced at the start of the show did, um, thank you very much, guys. Holy crap! Um, I've been kind of, uh, I've been kind of amazed that you guys have been making some donations. We have a donation link up at d20radio.com, and um, gosh, it's just it,
3: it warms my heart.
2: <laughs> To, to see our server bills getting paid by someone other than me, um, it's a it's a beautiful thing. So thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, Gamer Nation, for your wonderful donation.
0: The gong is about to strike. The, the gong. Yeah.
2: What 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 gong?
0: We're gonna gong you and mute you while you compose yourself.
2: Oh. Oh, okay. See, that was such an old, archaic, awful, very obscure reference. I wasn't quite sure.
0: Yeah, the Gong Show. For those of us that are over 35. Yeah. You know, not Not you little youngins that are, you know, little whippersnappers. Generation P. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, no. I recall the Gong Show. Just, you know, I try to forget it. Yep. Well, more announcements, guys. The Force Unleashed. Uh... Sam
3: what were you rock, by the way. Uh,
2: the Force Unleashed, both the video game and the campaign guide, have been released. They are both tied. and yes, we will be getting into the uh, t- the Fu uh, CG, <laughs> the Force Unleashed campaign guide. And yes, it should probably, probably have been called the Dark Times campaign guide, but I'm not complaining because the it, it, uh, Force Unleashed is, you know, all about the Dark Times and all that. So, uh, very cool. We will be getting into it. It is awesome. Go take a look at it if you haven't. Um, I would say it's almost, almost, even maybe even a better source book than the CodeTour source book.
0: Oh, blasphemy. Yeah,
2: I know. So I, I got to deal with that. I got I to square that with myself. And lastly, inspiration in the form of gaming goodness. Um, I got a, an email a while back from our very own barefoot tour guide on the forums, Garrett Crow, uh, and has shared with D20 Radio something rather neat. Now, we get a lot of emails, guys, and a lot of posts asking for GM advice, uh, things to do to spice up your game. In the past, we've advised that you make things more memorable by using handouts, props, and of course, soundtracks. Um, I can't imagine running a game now without a soundtrack. Uh, But Garrett has taken it to the next level, using some amateur videography, uh, miniatures, actors and special effects he has been producing video clips for his players for some time uh security logs scenes of onrushing bad guys all kinds of it's it's pretty freaking cool uh if you're looking for some inspiration check it all out www.youtube.com forward slash house of wookies and wookies has one e in it uh so w-o-o-k-i-e-s and um Check it out. It's pretty neat. Uh, I've just been looking at it and and chuckling and kind of, you know, nodding my head. He's done a pretty darn good job. Um, You know, a lot lot of mini work, a lot of actor work, but the special effects he's managed to maintain even then, I'm just like, wow, that is awesome. Yeah. And uh, it's been a little uh, inspirational for me, so you should go check it out, too.
0: That'd be really cool to have that going on the TV right next to, you know, where we set up shop, you know, and we have the. you already have your stereo and all that going. Yeah, but we game next to my 60-inch, so – that's that what would... she said. ha, ha, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well,
2: Dave, um, I, I did manage to get a piece of mail in today. Uh, I walked down to my post office box, and it was sitting right there for me. A a wonderful postcard from our, our good friend, and I want you to just take a look at it, but don't don't touch it. Don't touch it. Just, don't 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 touch it. Don't touch it. Well, uh, you know, I'm th- th-
0: 17 miles away, so it's gonna be hard for me to touch it. Yeah. Yeah that's what she said ah,
2: ah, uh,
0: ha, ah sorry but
2: well this 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 plain and, and dark postcard is coated in some type of mm, some, some type of, of dust it, it tastes it tastes it tastes fabulous <laughs> I want I want more 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 um, I want more send me another one <laughs> uh, 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 well uh, the, the postcard has a picture of what looks like a planet on it but, it, but it, it's shaped like a potato um, and the uniform lettering reads welcome to Kessel prisoner hope you like it here You really don't have much choice.
0: Mr. Potato Head. From across the galaxy, it's time for Postcards from Commander Cody.
3: Dear GM Dave and GM Chris, I write to you this week from the planet Kessel. We stopped to drop off a shipment of slave, uh, prisoners, to this prison world on our way back to the Galactic Core. Some of the scamps on my ghetto decided to impede imperial progress in our search last week. Perhaps a few decades in the Spicemite, uh, detention camps here on the surface will show them some respect. I've seen Kessel a few times and I'm very amazed by the place. The misshapen world looks like a large asteroid but is in possession of a thin atmosphere, and even some wildlife, though most of the atmosphere is manufactured, so I'm told. Strange ruins also dot the surface of the world. Some old race of long-dead sentients, no, most probably. Not many come here, mostly because of the Maw, a nearby cluster of black holes that is so deadly, no one gets close to it. On am amazed the cluster doesn't collapse. Who knows what's hiding in there? A single moon also orbits the planet Kessel, Imperial engineers were painting a huge red target on it when we arrived. I'm not sure why. Most of the Empire's dissidents and enemies of peaceful, just galaxy are sent here for rehabilitation. I understand there's some interesting mineral deposits under the crust as well, uh, though rumors fly with so many dissidents and rebel scum this close together. Some of the less-than-informed citizens of the Empire joke that glitter stem is produced on Kessel. How silly. As if an imperial prison would force its residents to mine for spice. That's just ridiculous. Truly, truly ridiculous. Trust me on this. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. For sure. But rumors escape, nonetheless, uh, though nothing else on Kessel does. <laughs> uh, the prisoners here are held in a state-of-the-art facility, that's guarded by a massive orbital satellites and legions of military personnel. It would take a massive force to infiltrate this place. It's really a shame those ragtag rebels have zero chance of ever rescuing any of their filthy friends from here. <laughs> well, I best be off, guys. That target on the moon is starting to make me nervous. Later, guys. Long live the empire! Your friend, Commander Cody.
0: Well, now we know. The Kessel Run.
2: The, guess, the Kessel Run. No, runs runs near Kessel. Um, I've seen Kessel from afar, but I have not actually actually been there. Um, although, I mean, after getting this postcard, I really, I really want to go. I really want to go. I really want to go back, back, go, go back, go. Again, I, I just, send, again, send me, send again, me another again, postcard, again. Cody. More, more, more postcards from Kessel.
0: <laughs> yum, yum, yum uh, Yeah,
2: yeah But uh, uh, any- anyway um, um, Thank you Cody uh, It's good to hear from you man And then this postcard is going right up on the wall With the others
1: Alright scumbag, pay attention It's time for mail call Woohoo,
2: real mail time
3: And yes, Cody's not real mail Yeah. I wasn't going to yeah.
2: say it uh, Well it's okay, I said it for you You didn't have to say it Good Yes. Well, we got some mail this week. A uh, few things, a few questions to be ans- answered. Uh, Asak Yizrim, good to hear from you, buddy, yep. on the forums, uh, had a good question he posted up this week. And he says thusly, Some class features of certain prestige classes grant players NPCs who accompany them on their adventures, such as the, the Crime Lords attract minion feature, or the Privateers attract Privateer talent from the Force Unleashed campaign guide. Are these extra characters meant to be played and role-played by the character who has attracted them, or by the GM? I could imagine working it either way, but I wondered if there was an official ruling and what everybody thinks about it. Okay, Isaac, uh, after looking and looking and looking, there is no official ruling on it that we can find. And honestly, Isaac, I think that's intentional. Um, I've done it both ways myself. Uh, usually based on the situation. I mean, I'm the type of GM who has enough on his plate. I don't want to deal with running your NPC if I can help it, okay? But, you know, with my current groups, I treat it like droid ownership. Your droid, you run it. Your NPC, you run it. But I... I trust my players at this point enough to do that. Now, I have game with groups in the past that I honestly wouldn't and didn't trust with that responsibility. The, the min-maxers who uh, only have a droid or an NPC to use it in order to munchkin out with the, with the uh, mini-party that they now control. Um, I run those NPCs. But, you know, bottom line, and from our varied responses on the forums to attest to it, uh, it's really up to you as a GM. Um, some GMs wouldn't imagine not running an NPC or a droid. Others take the totally opposite view so it's your decision to make just make sure that your group is completely clear on how you intend to run it before they get to the point of purchasing a droid or collecting a minion Bottom yeah. line. so what do you think dave H- i mean how do you prefer it done
0: uh i don't care one way or the other just make it clear to me as to what is going to happen because we we have had an npc attach themselves to our group currently and he, she is actually attached to my character <laughs> um, so it's not really that big a deal as long as I know that I've kind of got to watch out for her that you're not going to be dealing with her actions outright. Yeah,
2: precisely. So as long as, long as you know up front, it's, it's it's all gold.
0: Yep, makes it better cool. that way. Cool. Goo? Well,
2: second question we got in this week. I got an email. Uh, Darth Goo wrote us this week uh, with a question brought on by one of the new Force powers in the Code Door Campaign Guide. And he writes... A few days ago, I started a uh, new game with a player who had the Force Scream power. Ah! Now, Yeah, pretty much. Uh, now, this power does damage to everyone in the area, 12 squares, friend or foe. Uh, the other two party members were in the threat zone of the power. One of the other two players wanted to use evasion to only take half damage. My question is this Can the player use evasion on force powers? I said no, because the text under evasion says that it can be done with attacks. It mentions nothing about skill checks, which use the force is. Am I correct in telling my player that he cannot use evasion against force powers? Mm. Thanks, Darth Goo. Mm. Uh um, it's okay Dortcue.
0: Roll, uh, but
2: well yeah okay he's he's correct but he's also incorrect okay and, and 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 what i mean is okay Goo you are in my opinion correct in your ruling for that situation but you are incorrect in your baseline assumption on which the ruling was made okay now to explain further you're correct force powers are skill checks they're not attacks and evasion does say verbatim it works against Area attacks. However, and here's where it gets really confusing if you look at area attacks on page 155 of the core rulebook, it specifically calls out Force Slam as an area attack, thus subject to evasion. So, yeah, evasion can be used against force powers if they're classified as area attacks. Now, if that's the case, why was your ruling correct? Because Force Scream is not an area attack. <laughs> Uh, is it an ability that affects an area? Yes. But mechanically, it is not an area attack. Why? Two reasons. One, a Force power that is an area attack, and there's only one to date, Force Slam, specifically says in its description, this is an area effect. No other power does that, including Force Scream. Uh, check out the last sentence of the Force Slam descriptive paragraph, and it says it. Force Scream does not. Two, We know that Force Scream is not an area attack because area attacks always deal half damage if they miss. It's one of the features of an area attack. And it's one of the nice features of evasion is that you take no damage if the attack misses you. Uh, Force Scream is all or nothing by virtue of that alone. Uh, And it's clear that it doesn't apply to evasion. Uh, Grenade, Flamethrower, Force Slam, all of them deal half damage with a miss, assuming, of course, you hit a 10. Uh, Force Scream does not. Thus, it is not an area attack, not subject to
0: evasion. I think there's going to be an errata coming out. See, I'm thinking the other way.
2: Yeah, there may be, but I mean, by rules is written, by RAW, that's kind of how it stands right now. And I'm sorry, I don't see Force Scream as an area attack. Area attack, me, is like a blast directed in one way. You know, what I mean, I, I get the grenade thing, but Force Scream, it seems to me like it's almost sort of a mental thing. Um, I, I just see images of people like clutching their heads and going "Oh!" And oh, maybe
0: um, I see it. I I think of it like the bellow.
2: Yeah. Well, the Bellow is an area attack, and it calls it out.
0: And that's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that there's going to be an errata coming out soon.
2: Maybe. Maybe.
0: But, I mean, if, if
2: they did make an area attack, it would be the only area attack that doesn't deal half damage on a miss. Well, I and... think they screwed up with both. I mean, mm, you gotcha. know, it's
0: not D&D, so not everything's right in the book.
2: <laughs> you think everything's right in the book in D&D? Well, <laughs> no. We we need to play more d and D. I I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i hope that answers your question and uh i want to hear what you guys think if you uh, think we're full of it if you don't care for our rulings we want to hear about it get to the forum the looser line uh get to uh get to call, call the looser line at uh, what's the number for that dave
0: 206-600-5872 or lusa, lusa.
2: Excellent. Give us a call. Leave us any questions you'd like us to cover. We can play your lovely voice right on the air. Uh, leave us any show bumpers you like. Any I never listen to the Order sixty six podcast bumpers. We didn't. We 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 didn't get any this
0: week. I was very upset about that. That's why you had none off the top of the show. You losers. Six hundred twenty eight of you listened to the podcast last week and nobody called. Oh. That's sad. Okay, that's okay. Maybe
2: we'll get some more this this coming week. I I'm, yeah, I'm hope. I hope. I'm hoping. We got a plethora after Gen Con, so maybe maybe we kind of tap the well for the time being.
0: Blah, perhaps.
2: Yes. But anyway, you guys can call the loser line. You can guys can, of course, go to d20radio.com slash forum, where you can register to become a member of the Gamer Nation, post yourself up, get your voice heard, uh, call us losers if you think we're losers, call us posers if you think we're posers, call us whatever you want to call us. We just want to hear from you, pretty much. Uh, and of course, you can email us GM Chris at d20radio dot com and GM Dave at d20radio a dot com
0: a dot com a dot com. Drink
2: well, uh, Dave. I I don't know how how do you feel, man? You feel like uh, what? Suspending some rules?
0: Okay.
1: Come to
4: order. Chancellor, request a motion to suspend the rules.
0: Gonna suspend the rules, shut, the rules. Up, shut up, up Motion granted. Okie dokie.
2: <laughs> Alright. Well, for those of you unfamiliar, Suspending the Rules is our bi-weekly segment where we focus on some of the uh, most amazing and awesome and cool house rules that have been shared with by the rest of the Gamer Nation, uh, posted up on our forums. And uh, if you guys have something you want to contribute that you want to share with the rest of the world for what you do to modify, alter, change, or add to the existing rules as written, you can do so at our forums, d20radio.com forum. Go directly to the d20 request board and you will find a thread for Suspending the Rules.
0: Yeah. That's what I would say.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, I believe that this
0: week's Suspending the Rules
2: is brought to us by Hawk Skulker. Um, And I'm going to call this segment A Talent is a Feat" by any other name. Uh, But Hawk Skulker comes to us with two new homebrewed feats that he uses in his games that just might bring a tad bit of spice to your games because they're cool and we like them and you should too. That's right. Uh, his first new feat is one he calls "talented," uh, and then a parentheses after that, uh, a class like "talented scoundrel," "talented Jedi," "talented," you know, one of the base classes basically. And the feat works as such that a character may take any talent from any talent trees available to the specified class. Uh, this feat may be taken multiple times, each time applies to a different talent tree. Um, the character must still... Or excuse me, apply applies to a different talent. The character must still meet the prerequisites for the selected talent. So, talented is a class bonus feat for whatever class you're gaining that level in. For example, if you're gaining a, a feat from leveling up in Noble, like maybe second level Noble, talented Noble becomes a bonus feat for you. Okay. Um, so, what this basically does is, it, instead of gaining a feat, you can gain a talent at even levels by taking this feat. So, you can be really talented. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, also, as, as a special portion of this feat, when gaining a character level feat, well, first level, third, sixth, you know, the feats that you don't get for your classes, you may choose from any talent tree the character already has access to. So if you've multi for example, um, note that this is the only way to use this feat for a force talent. Mm, very interesting. So pretty cool. So if you don't feel you're getting access to your talents fast enough and you're willing to sacrifice your feats, this is a wonderful opportunity to do it. The second feat that Hawk Skulker brings up, I actually like a bit more. Um, It is called Natural Talent, and then in parentheses behind it, you put a, a talent tree, like Lineage, or so Natural Talent Lineage, or Natural Talent Commando. And what this feat does is it allows a character to select talents from any talent tree available to the base classes, like Jedi, Noble, Scout, Scoundrel, Soldier, even if he would not normally have access to it. Um, Characters must still meet any prereqs of the talents taken from this new tree. This feat may be only taken once. So you can only do this once. So for example, a scoundrel could take natural talent lineage to simulate the scoundrel just happens to come from a rich family. And then that scoundrel has access to the lineage talent tree. Or a Jedi could take natural talent spacer uh, for a Jedi that spent his life being trained on a starship, a la like outbound flight or something like that, and uh, you know he can he can take talents from the spacer tree, <clears throat> but that's it, and you can only take that feat once.
0: Uh,
2: I really like that. So thoughts, thoughts. What do you think, Dave?
0: Broke-tastic. Really? Yeah, I don't. For me, talents imply balance, and I don't like. Not having to go into scoundrel to get my scoundrel talents, not having to, you know, if I, if they intended for me to get a full base attack bonus and still be able to benefit from the scoundrel talent tree, then they would have made it such. As a soldier, I, you know, that's just my feeling.
2: Well, uh, there you go. Um, and of course, you know, a uh, you know uh, suit to taste, of course. But I, I see the potential for broctasticness here. But uh, as Jeff Rantan or wisely suggested on the forums. If you make these feats only available as character feats, i.e. first, third, sixth, etc., I think it eliminates a lot of that potential. Um... And I think Saga is the most multi-class friendly game I've played. Um, D20 Modern is on par, but uh, th- I mean, this makes it even more so because it can eliminate the need for multi-classing just to gain that one talent. And, you know, hey, that, that can lead to some Munchkinism, yes. But I think if you really want to institute these rules and you're worried about uh, seeing some, some Munchkinism in your games, if you uh, maybe change them up to where you can only take them as character level feats, it just might, uh, might mitigate that somewhat. So, all that I think they're really cool for, uh, really cool uh, feed options and uh, something potentially to use in your home game and uh, make things a little more spicy if you so desire. Sure, why not? Yes. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you very much, Hawk Skulker, for posting that up and uh, sharing it with the Gamer Nation. And again, guys, we want to hear what you have. Uh, get on the forums, post up your own house rules. We want them. Very cool. Yup. Well, shall we get into the meat? Of this week's episode, uh, Senor Dave.
0: Sure, why not? Absolutely. Let's talk Kotor. Sure? Some more, more Kotor. More Kotor.
2: Okay. Well, let's uh, let's continue our uh, our Kotor campaign guide heroic trait discussion. Um, we're kind of continuing our discussion of last week. We're, we're really going to be rounding out a look at some of the new heroic talents in the KOTOR campaign guide. Um, just as last week, we're going to highlight some of the new options that are simply amazing or can take a player to the next level or open up options never before available. We're not going to cover every single new talent, nope. uh, j- just the ones that really struck us and, and that changed things today. We're going to finish this talk with some of the new scoundrel scout and soldier talents, which are fracking
3: amazing.
2: And um, let's 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 get underway. Okay. Spe- speaking of the, the scoundrel talents that you uh, you you enjoy, um, in fact, I'm pretty sure your own your own soldier is, is about to multi-class into scoundrel just to pick up a couple scoundrel talents. That's
0: exactly why I mentioned it because it would be so much easier for me just to pick up a talent that I want. Yeah. So yeah, give one. But there are some pretty
2: cool new scoundrel talents in the KOTOR campaign guide. Um, the Fortune talent tree, one of the existing talent trees, they have a brand new talent for it. Uh, called lucky stop. And the basic idea is once an encounter uh, you take a hit and it manages to hit your data pad or bounce off your armor in just the right way. Um, or you know just a lucky stop basically. So once it, once an encounter as a reaction, negate the damage from any single attack treating it as zero damage. This is such an I win button. Yep. Um, yeah. That's that's kind of crazy. I mean, granted, it's only once an encounter. But that is a basically, uh, you're dead! No, I'm not. I spent a destiny point! Yeah, you did. Did no damage.
0: Yep. None. Yep.
2: I, I battle-striked and, and
0: dark-raged. That's and- one of those Saluras in the pit dealing with his monster friend, and he crits, he crits Salura. He crits you. No, he doesn't.
2: Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he does. Just no damage. No damage. Yeah, he hits me.
0: He kind of did. Yeah, but...
2: Yeah. My, my fur stopped it. Ah. I've <laughs> been using this new conditioner. It's beautiful.
0: That's right. No, I started 69 you. I star 69 you back.
2: Yeah, pretty much. So, very cool. I like Lucky Stop. Now, Scoundrel also has an all-new talent tree, which is covered in here. Uh, the Run and Gun talent tree, which is all new, and it's got a lot of really cool stuff. Um, the, the linchpin ability, uh, for a lot of the stuff in here is opportunistic strike, which is basically once an encounter, when an ally gets to make an attack of opportunity against a foe, so do you,
0: all right? <laughs> I love that one. Sorry, I coughed I know. Right the mic.
2: Like, e- even with a ranged weapon, I mean, as long as you're within point blank range. Um, so you know if, if you know if uh, our, our scoundrel in our own home game is is standing to the sidelines watching you Salura the Meatwall Wookie um, fight uh, a bad guy and the bad guy provokes an attack of opportunity from you maybe he runs away uh, the scoundrel just gets to take the opportunistic strike gets to just pause and go yeah I'm gonna hit you too bang uh, just as a reaction sneak attack and th- that's pretty cool that's really freaking cool. And right. it's also cool because it's a prerequisite for the next two talents in the tree. Um, cheap shot.
0: Ah, oh, yes, or as I like to call it. Never mind.
2: Well, no, as you like to call it.
0: The Jap shot.
2: I, 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 I don't get it. Never mind. <laughs> Are you making more, uh, you know, like national uh, uh, hatred slurs again? <laughs>
0: I was talking about the opportunistic strike and the cheap shot kind of being combined into the Pearl Harbor shot.
2: Oh, you know? uh, see, I disagree. I am a student of history, and it was neither opportunistic nor cheap. They warned us about it several days in advance. Uh, we just,
0: uh, uh, yeah, we were just stupid. Respond. That's true.
2: We're just stupid, yeah. Um, uh, so there you go. But cheap shot, pretty cool. Uh, once an encounter. Take an attack of opportunity against a foe that uses the withdraw action against one of your allies. So opportunistic strike is okay when somebody provokes an AOO, when when, when somebody takes an attack of opportunity, one of your allies. So do you. Cheap shot is even if your ally doesn't take an attack of opportunity, if uh, if a foe withdraws against an ally, you just get to take an attack of opportunity um, against that foe. So pretty interesting, and it makes you know they're they're withdrawing specifically to avoid an attack of opportunity from the ally, but they get the attack of opportunity from you instead. Ha ha ha. So it's, a, it's a rather cheap shot, hence the name. Cheap. Uh, the, the next talent that uh, Opportunistic Strike is a prereq for is No Escape, and this is kind of the, the next step up from all this. Uh, whenever an opponent uses the withdraw action against you, they're flat-footed against you until the end of your next turn. Yep. So just by choosing to avoid an attack of opportunity and withdraw from my space, I'm such a horse that I make you flat-footed against <laughs> me. No escape plus sneak attack plus hazardly strike equals extreme cunage, not ponage, cunage. Remember, folks, cunage is better. Q-, Q is one more than P is better.
0: This one is so bad, this one could be ronage.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. that That's... Destiny point is more Ronage. That's, okay, wow. Uh, I don't know if I'm quite ready for that step yet.
0: Oh, as long as we don't get to sewage. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's, the, that's the off the table right there. You know, you, you, you go to Q, then R, and then and it's, it's just too much. Oh, and you fall, and you're in sewage.
0: Oh, yes. So,
2: so there you go. Uh, two more talents in the tree. Uh, strike and run. Uh, once an encounter as a reaction, after successfully damaging a foe with a melee or ranged attack, you move your speed. Just bam. So, um, and as a note, since this is a reaction, it could be used in conjunction with an attack of opportunity. So you could use this in the middle of your round by moving your speed, then attacking, then just setting. Oh yeah, I want to move my speed again, and you just move your speed again. Or you can, you know, if you're taking an AOO because it's also a reaction, you could, you know, take your AOO and then move, which is very
0: nice. That's right, and this would be Um, used more in the National League than in the American League. So. Just so you baseball fans are aware the hit and run is, is very much in a uh, national league and the Cubs have clinched the division. We're going to the World Series. Thank you.
2: Oh, that's the first time in a hundred years. Isn't well, it?
0: If we make it to the World Series. Oh, well you There say will be s- no Steve Bartman this year. Hmm. hmm. But there could be Billy Goat Billy Goat like chokeage. Yeah. It could it could happen. They'll choke.
2: Uh, but strike and, and, and run <laughs> is uh, also a prerequisite for the last talent in the tree slippery strike um, something that will probably happen to the cubs uh, once an encounter <clears throat> designate a foe that you just damaged and that foe can't make attack of opportunities against you until the end of your next turn uh, you can actually use this in conjunction with strike and run so you can run up to a foe Deliver the beat down and then run away, provoking no attack of opportunity by doing so. So I really like this because oftentimes if you're you're down and out in combat, if you're a scoundrel, if you're really hurting bad and you want to get away from the combat, the option is to go defensive and then run. Um, This here changes things up. It's like, okay, no, I'm not going to go defensive. I'm going to hit you and then I'm going to run. And you can't take an attack of opportunity because I'm running away because I'm using this slippery strike. So um, it kind of, you know, a different way of looking at that basically. So I like it. I like it. Are you mad at me?
0: No. Not My at all. My Cubs
2: comments. I'm sorry. No, it's okay, dude. I, n- I know you're a Cubs fan. I, you know, I couldn't give a rat's ass, but I'm I'm happy that you're happy. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, someone from Dallas, you know, being happy for the Cubs.
0: Being happy for the Cubs. That's right, because I grew up in Chicago. That's just the way it goes. Oh,
2: that's right. You did. Yep. Okay. With- withdrawn. Forgive me.
0: <laughs> Area attack on you. Oh.
2: Uh-huh. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, the Scout. Scoot. The Scoot. We got a lot of new Scoot abilities here. Um, there is one new uh, talent presented in the Awareness Talent Tree, and I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, it's called Weak Point. Uh, now, you, you Dave, you, you do have to have both Acute Senses and Keen Shot for this, um, but basically once an encounter, take a swift action, and you ignore all all dr of a single target within line of sight for the rest of your turn congratulations you are now a starship gunner god meteor gunner fire thank you for the good reference um yeah, basically. So I mean, that's really where I see this. Thing. I, and the only reason I mention this is because it has, it, it doesn't specify personal combat. You should be able to use this in ship to ship combat just fine. And this really, really, really becomes a very large i win button for ship to ship combat, um, where DR plays such an important
0: issue. That's right. So, so when you very, need to destroy them, ship to ship. Ship to ship.
2: Uh, and we're, we're coming to that in the docking bay. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, uh, well, also the scout has a whole new talent tree. Uh, the hyperspace explorer talent tree, Chewbacca would be proud, let me tell you. Uh, we're not going to cover the whole thing, just a few choice talents here uh, that we want to cover. Three talents from the tree, Deep Space Gambit. Um, this was uh, on our scout at Gen Con for the portrayal of Darth Revan. Once an encounter, when you or a vehicle you occupy are subject to an attack, force the foe to re-roll it and take the worst result. Huh. That's pretty freaking cool. And that little caveat that when you or a vehicle you occupy, I could be I could be on the Death Star amidst two hundred thousand people. And because I occupy the vehicle, I can force someone I could force Luke to re roll his attack to blow us up. Nice That's pretty freaking cool.
0: Yeah. I think. Broke tastic.
2: It, well, it wants an encounter, yeah, but pretty cool. Um, two other really cool talents in this tree, Guidance. I really like Guidance. They're finally starting to create stuff that lets a scout live up to his namesake. There's a lot more stuff in The Force Unleashed, which finally gave the scout his due, in my opinion. But we'll be getting to that in a couple episodes. Um, Guidance. Spend a swift action. And use your scoutly prowess to point out an easy path of travel to an ally. So basically, you go, ah, you, uh, Salura, y- y- yes, uh, n- nimble, uh, n- nimbly walk through those rocks this way. Uh, basically, that ally ignores difficult terrain on his next turn, which is pretty freaking cool. Um, if you have a GM who's knows what he's doing, and is doing his encounters properly. You should have some difficult terrain in your encounters. You should have some difficult stuff to move through. And it, it adds a lot. And um, you know, allowing someone to just ignore difficult terrain with a swift action on the part of one of their allies is pretty freaking useful. And it's very scoutly to me. I like it. So guidance. Good thing. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about in this talent tree is Hidden Attacker. Another Gen Con gem, um, as the Scout and Betrayal Darth Revan had it. Whenever you use the snipe application of stealth and we covered this a couple episodes ago in the D20 docking bay it is a swift action to use it instead of a move so if i am in hiding and i come out and i shoot and i want to rehide after i shoot that's a move action with this talent it becomes a swift action which allows you to do a lot because it allows you to move during a round shoot and then rehide hide yeah. uh, which is very very nice yeah i like it i do too and lastly we come to my favorite, of all the coolness we've talked about in the last two episodes, all the scout coolness, all the noble's coolness, all the Jedi coolness, we come to the Soldier, which has the coolest talent tree in the entire book, because it's just freaking cool, and we're going to come to it. First, though, we're going to talk about Disarming Attack, which is the new talent in the Weapon Specialist talent tree, which I'm bringing up uh, because it can change things significantly, so we should talk about it. Disarming Attack, basically... You pick a weapon group or an exotic weapon that you're really good with. And when you're making disarm attempts with it, you ignore the foe's armor bonus to reflex against the disarm. Um, woohoo. Uh, you know, mo- most foes don't really have an armor bonus to reflex defense. But but, and here's where the meat of this is, as a free action, once an encounter, get a plus 10 bonus on an attack roll to disarm with your chosen weapon that ladies and gentlemen is encounter changing we've talked about the disarm mechanic before a lot of people say it's really hard to pull off um a, a lot of people are really unhappy with how hard it is to pull off mostly because of this uh you know massive plus 10 to reflex defense that folks get against disarms this totally negates that yep and uh it's pretty freaking cool yep However, with prereqs of Improved Disarm, Intelligence 13, and Weapon Specialization, it's kind of pricey. Since you can only do it once an encounter. But mm, any more than once an encounter, I would say it would be broken. But as it is, it's it's potentially game-changing. So take a look at it. But now we come to what I want to talk about because it's so cool and so exciting. Um, All-new talent tree for the soldier, the Rocket Jumper talent tree. Holy crap on a stick. Um one. We, we talked about the coolness of jetpacks back in one of our first Wado's Bargain Basement some time ago. Bottom line, jetpacks were awesome enough before this talent tree. But this talent tree turns a 300-credit piece of equipment into sheer brokenness. And I love it. It's awesome. Dave, your Wookiee's going to get a jetpack. Yeah. <laughs> You wait. Oh, 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 it'll be. Yeah, trust me, it'll okay, be yeah, totally. And I'll
0: awesome. be. will be doing the Tarzan scream every time. Thank you. Uh, first talent in the tree
2: uh, is a prereq for every single other talent in the tree, so you have to take it. Um, but basically, it's it, basically jetpack training. Uh, it eliminates the most annoying part of a jetpack, which is the need to make a pesky pilot check when landing after a long movement. Nifty. Okay, that's that's awesome. Um, but the big deal is it's a prereq for the rest. And all the rest is totally cool. Uh, there's three other talents in the tree. Jetpack withdraw. Once an encounter, as a free action, when a foe has moved adjacent to you, you burn a jetpack charge and fly away. You can move your speed or withdraw. Your choice. So literally, pulling the pulling the Boba Fett and you know somebody comes up running next to you, you go, and, and fly away. Um, free action, once an encounter. Totally awesome. Improved trajectory. Increase your fly speed by two squares when using a jetpack. That is awesome. And lastly, the keynote ability for this, um, (laughs) and what what has really got my juices flowing, burning assault. As a standard action, you expend one of your jetpack's charges to make an attack with the jetpack. Basically, turning uh, turning around, bending over, and going... Kind of a you know, uh, like very stylized fart, Um, (laughs) but you 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 treat your you treat your jetpack as a flamethrower that you're proficient with. So okay, wait 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 wait. So you're telling me, Watsy, that for three hundred credits and no license required, I can get the identical effect of an exotic military license grade one thousand credit weapon? Uh, yep. But I'm just not a fan of a 3-6 cone of fire damage. Coming out uh, of my ass. Coming out of my ass. That is the coolest freaking thing I've ever heard of in-game. And I'm going to build a character just to do it. It'll take me two talents to get there, but God damn it, it'll it be worth it. Yes. Fire. Coming out of my ass. Fire, fire, fire. Yep. A combination um, of ex-
0: South Park and, well, never mind. You know?
2: South Park and Star Wars. I'm, I'm South I'm down Park,
0: with it. Star Wars, and Beavis and Butthead. So, all together <laughs> now, all together. Episode <laughs> thirty-five, stylized farts. <laughs> oh, if
2: you're happy with my stylized farts, yes, then I'll. Uh, we we can we can christen the episode that most definitely. Um. <laughs> uh, well, so that, that's it. That that kind of ends our, our look at the new talents that are in the GoTour campaign guide. There's a lot more to cover, and we're going to be getting to it, but not next week. Why, might you ask? Are you going to be delving into the amazingly wonderful, and it is, Force Unleashed campaign guide next week? I would like to, but no. We have a request, and we are going to follow through with our request. I have an episode that's been in the making for some time. We're going to be taking a long, hard, and close look, ladies and germs, at the dark side of the force. Indeed. We're going to be uh, touching on the two prestige classes in the core book that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, The... um, Sith Apprentice and the Sith Lord, uh, touching on them, I dare say. And we're going to be talking about dark side games. Uh, there's been a lot of questions from the Gamer Nation recently about how to run a dark side game effectively. And uh, we got a lot of good suggestions and been collecting a lot of thoughts from various gamers out there. And uh, we're going to be delving into the dark side of things uh, coming up. Plus, uh, it's going to kind of kind of lead us into our Force Unleashed discussion because, you know, if you've played the game, you're yeah. starting start playing a dark sider. So uh,
0: it really does work out. Delicious. Oh. So, moving on now. Moving on. Guess what we have. Oh,
1: that's just swell. That's great. Hey, that's awesome. When good games go great.
0: Wow.
2: Oh, excellent. Okay, got something we got to share. On our forums, Mandalorian Weaponsmith related the following. In one session, one of my friends, playing a Duros pilot, discovered a blaster cannon. Now, that's 3-die-12, younglings. 3-die-12. And instantly fell in love with it. Later on in the session, my character gets involved in a lightsaber duel with a Dark Jedi, and is not doing too well. He decided at that point to get involved in the engagement, and both of us are having a hard time just hitting the Dark Jedi. So my friend, tired of not being able to hit the Dark Jedi, then declares, I blow a load of destiny in his face. So a destiny point combined with a blast cannon and a rather high damage roll put the Dark Jedi down for the count. I love this story uh, for a couple reasons. First of all, I think it's a brilliant use of destiny points. And second of all, it's a creative use of equipment. One of the things I love about this system is that they have placed mechanics in there for you to be able to do something you would never normally be able to do just because of the fact that you're a hero. You know what? I'm a scoundrel. I I don't even have a rifle proficiency, much less heavy weapons proficiency. I I can't even, you know, if I pick up a blaster cannon, I wouldn't even know how to use the darn thing. A minus five to hit is not fun. But you know what? It doesn't matter. I have this mechanic. I'm going to spend the destiny point. I'm going to blow a load of destiny (laughs) in his face. And and, and I'm going to do it. And uh, I, I just think it's it's absolutely marvelous. We've had a couple moments like that in our games, uh, and uh, it's one of the strengths of the system is that there's this potential for heroic role playing um, out of the blue, and I I really like it. So the story gave me a smile, and I wanted to relate right. it. And I uh, I'm going to be probably printing out and framing. You know, I blow a load of Destiny in his face um, just to put up my computer.
0: That's just perfect right there. It's a it's hard it's a hard shot. Is it Destiny point hard?
3: I blow a load of destiny in his face.
2: <laughs> I just, I love it. Absolutely. So, Excellent story, Mandalorian Weaponsmith. Thank you. We want to hear your guys' uh, good game stories and bad game stories as well. It's been a while since we've had a Win Good Games Go Bad segment. So if you guys are having any difficulties with your games, any stuff you want advice on, any, any problems in the play group or with a session, let us know. Get to the forums, email us. Or if you have a great story you want to relate, get to the forums and let us know. And uh, we will get it out there to
0: the intertube masses. There you go. Easy as that. Cool. All, all, all of you on Al Gore's internet, or if you happen to access us now on apparently what is John McCain's BlackBerry. So apparently he invented BlackBerry, according to his oh, advisors. Really? So, yeah.
2: Huh. Well, that's, wow, okay. well, okay.
0: I, I, I wasn't aware of Yet that. Yet another that. political misstep. Have a nice day.
2: Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Well, speaking of uh, political missteps... um, Okay. Perhaps we should try and contact our most uh, politically clueless individual. Our most
0: prolific misstepper, goose-stepping morons such as yourself. <laughs> goose-stepping morons such as yourself should try reading books instead of burying burning them. them.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I do.
0: <laughs> I do. The greatness that is Sean Connery. It's, it's a shaber. <laughs>
2: I'll take will take swords for seven hundred, Alex. That's S word, Sean. That's what like your, your wife said. For back. Back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> take the rapist. That's therapist zone. So. Okay, it's therapist, Sean. Jap anus relations. <laughs> yes, indeed. Saturday Night Live. I'll tell you what, man. Sarah the pa- the Sarah Palin thing. It, she. Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. T- Tina Fey. is a pretty damn good got Sarah Palin.
2: That I down can't. cold. I was I was kind of freaking out. I was like, "Wow!" And they put pictures, I mean, pictures of them up side by side. It's that's it's freaking eerie.
0: I know. But, uh, yeah. I know. It, <laughs> so it, if you yeah.
2: guys if you guys give a rat's ass about American politics and who does, um, <laughs> go to YouTube. Look at the uh, look at the Starting out Live video uh, and compare. It's it's well worth it.
0: It's fun. Yeah. Okay. So let's try and give a shout now, as we turn on our transponder beacons, and point it out space side and say TK421 do you copy sir well hey Horsers, how the hell y'all doing wow I didn't even have to ask twice
1: yeah man you know me I'm getting better <laughs> cool well it's not hard man I, I didn't have my helmet off this time that's usually the problem I gotta get my helmet on you know my, my comm systems in my helmet you know? right right of course I'm, I'm having to keep my helmet on, man. I've been having to keep it on for a couple of days now. I'm not much liking that. It really, uh, it really cramps up my mullet.
4: But,
1: <laughs> uh, You know, I've been having to keep it on, you know, because uh, we, well, we we've been in kind of a tense situation on board the ship here, man. Right. I'm here on one of the, one of them executive class battle cruisers, man. Yep. You know, we're heading from uh, from well, I don't know. We just we just fly around and scare the crap out of planets, basically. But you know, uh, we got into a firefight, man and we was getting the crap beat out of us for a little while these little bit of snub fighters they be coming out of these asteroids man and just we can't hit them to save our life man you would think man they got all these guns on this ship all these big old guns they could they could just swat away them little mosquito starfighters, man but they just can't man i, I don't get it man I, maybe i stick control of one of them big guns man show them little them little hosses how it's done you know how you're supposed to fire a gun at a blaster <laughs> uh, you know all, all that at the starfighter you know i I could teach them a thing or two. Maybe they could hit them once in a while. I'm sorry, yeah. son. I'm, I'm rambling. I'm a little upset. i wearing this damn helmet all the time. How are you, man? How, how are you, uh, you doing? dude?
0: we I think we're doing fine, dude. We're doing fine. We just wanted to check up with you, make sure you were doing all right. I understand your frustration with the uh, with the vehicle attacks, <laughs> so to speak. You know, from your capital ship and Hell all nah.
1: that. So, well, I think we know. need to
0: talk about that.
1: Yeah, well, do, do what you can, man. If you could got to hear somebody higher up, maybe you can get some better training for these morons out here. They can hit some, you know, good God. All
0: right, man, we'll take a it's look at that. Broad side of a barn
1: by pissing on it, I swear.
0: All right, dude. Right.
1: All right. Well, listen, hosers, I got to go. Y- y- y'all be good. I'll talk All right. to you later. Take right. care. Later, hosers.
0: There he goes. Bye, there he goes again.
2: Ah, <sighs> Couldn't hit the broad side of a barn by pissing
0: on it? Ah, you know. I don't know about that. Let's talk about it on the other side.
1: D twenty docking bay hosers, when it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it.
0: Yep. Uh, We have a very religious episode of uh, D20 Docking Bay going on, thanks to Mighty Space Pope. Ah, the
2: Mighty Space Pope, yes. Love the Mighty Space Pope. Uh, He asks on our forums, he says, Howdy, GMs. Howdy. I have to admit to being a bit mystified about the rules for large-scale capital ship combat. I know that weapons are grouped into batteries, but I'm having trouble figuring out how to run them. I tend to work best when things are explained through example. Example. Uh, would you be able to explain to me, say, what a Star Destroyer is able to do on its initiative turn in space combat? Do all weapon systems get a chance to fire? Do all batteries in the system get to fire, etc.? Thank you thank you kindly, Space Pope. Yowza.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, this, of, of the beautifully simplified space combat in Saga, compared to prior, prior editions, is probably the most not understood aspect of it. So, excellent question, Space Pope. Let's have at it, what do you say? Let's do a little bit of review. Let's talk about a couple things. Um, Capital ship combat and those pesky weapon batteries. Okay, this can be tricky, but the bottom line here is that it's very, very, very hard for a capital ship to hit anything other than a really big ship, unless batteries are involved. So let's talk about it for the details. First of all, starship combat, in regards to one portion of your question, in terms of what a ship can do, starship combat works just like personal combat. Even a capital ship gets a standard action, a move action, and a swift action each round. But, but, as is clarified on page 170 of the Core Rulebook, when using your standard action to attack with vehicle weapons, any gunners can make an attack with the vehicle weapon during that standard action. So, a ship with multiple gunners and guns smiles really big smiles in starship combat because for a single standard action, every gun on that ship that is manned can fire. Um, now you understand why capital ships are capital ships. Yep. Very cool. So, <clears throat> on to capital ships and attacking. Now, capital ships are design- are designated as any ship larger than colossal frigate-sized. Now, remember, the smallest of ships... Is, is, a, is large size okay it's about a land speeder okay but even then when you're talking about atmospheric stuff I mean I mean uh, you know exoatmospheric you know like space stuff um, there's there's huge size okay which is you know about as small as you can get there it's like the size of a tie fighter then there's gargantuan which is about the size of an x-wing then colossal which is basically the Millennium Falcon in size now we move on to the big boys okay next is colossal frigate and that's basically a Corellian corvette okay um, then we have Colossal Cruiser, which would be a Star Destroyer, for example. And finally, there's the biggest of the big, Colossal Station, which, okay, the, the Death Star. Okay. Um, these sizes and examples are they're detailed on, page, on Table 10-1, uh, page 166 of the Core Rulebook. And, of course, each ship's stat block lists its size, so you don't have to go running back, but just to get those labels out of the way before we move on. Okay, as is detailed under Attack with Vehicle Weapons on page 170 of the Core Rulebook, Capital Ships okay which are colossal frigate or larger weapon systems are designed to go after similarly sized or stationary targets as such any ship of colossal frigate size or larger takes a minus 20 penalty to attack any ship less than colossal size so now you understand why the death star guns couldn't hit the x-wings that were running up on it um and they had to defeat them ship to ship as you put it earlier,
0: Dave. Of course.
2: Yes. Now, what this means is that poor ships like the YT-1300 and other colossal ships can get hit by capital ships without penalty, um, despite the fact that they are significantly smaller. Thus, most savvy captains of colossal ships, like the Millennium Falcon, will spring for a maneuvering thruster upgrade as soon as possible, which is detailed in Starships of the Galaxy. And it allows a colossal ship to treat itself as one size category smaller, thus giving capital ships that nasty minus 20 to hit it. Very, very important. Now, weapons batteries, or how the big big ship hits the little ship. Okay, so in light of all this minus 20 to hit nonsense, how does a capital ship go after a small fighter? Easy. They fire blasters at it like confetti, uh, which is basically the fluff behind weapon batteries and what that does. Okay, detailed in a sidebar on page 170 of the core rulebook, weapon batteries um, are expensive but useful. Most any Starship weapon can be built into a battery, which is up to six of the same gun and they're kind of firing together. So it's, it's a battery of weapons, okay? Now, each of, this, of the up to six guns has its own gunner. Okay, in other words, it gets its own attack. But that's not the real benefit of a battery, okay? Any gunner in the battery can choose to automatically aid another gunner in the battery, providing a plus two to hit. No attack roll needed. So if one gun in the battery attacks, the other five can attack with him, automatically aiding him and giving him a plus 10 to hit, okay? Although the damage is still only for one gun. However, and this is where it gets really nasty. When a battery uses this tactic, The damage it deals increases by one die of damage for every three points by which the attack beats the reflex defense of the target. All right. We'll get to that in an example here in a minute. In addition, and here's where it gets even more confusing, other batteries can aid a battery. (laughs) Okay. Um, So if we have battery A firing away and battery B wants to help them, one of those gunners has to roll an attack, you know, DC 10, obviously for aid another, and... All the guns in that battery can provide a +2 for each gun as well, um, although they they don't do any increase in damage. Uh, but okay, so, so for an example, okay, so let's say Mighty Space Pope, you're building a capital ship, Space Pope One, okay. Now, as the Mighty Space Pope, you're very wealthy and, and you want a nice armored and armed transport, so you really shell out the credits to put two batteries of medium turbo lasers on your ship, with six turbo lasers in each battery, okay. And you pay for the 12 turbo lasers. Now, currently, there is no additional cost for grouping things in a battery, although I know some GMs will house rule that. Um, so be prepared. So you have 12 turbo lasers. Each one does 5 die 10 times 5 of damage. Okay, now, when spreading the message of the Space Pope on the Outer Rim, your ship is attacked by pirates. Oh no! And uh, they send several huge sized starfighters to come and attack you. Okay, well you try and hit one of the starfighters with your turbo laser. Now it's got a reflex defense of 16, let's say, and you've got a plus 10 to hit. But the minus 20 penalty puts you at a minus 10 to hit. So literally impossible. Um, with the minus 20 penalty there's no way, short of a crit, that you could ever, ever hit it. Ever. Um, however, one of your batteries decides to work in unison. And five of the guns automatically aid the primary gunner. They provide a total of plus 10 aiding, reducing your penalty, and making your attack modifier a straight 0. You roll a natural 16. Bam! Hit! Okay, the starfighter takes 5 die 10 times 5 of damage, most likely blowing it the hell away. Okay, Uh, now let's say you rolled a natural 19 instead. Hit! And you beat its reflex defects by 3. So you deal an extra die of damage. 6 die 10 times 5. Very, very nice. But it's still hard going, so your second battery decides to aid as well. One of those gunners in the second battery has to make an attack roll and beat a reflex defense of 10, and if he succeeds, every gunner in his battery can provide another plus two to hit, okay? But no bonus to damage. And keep in mind, this is against a huge target. Against, oh, I don't know, another capital ship, these same tactics can be used without that pesky minus 20 penalty nonsense, all right? So, you can guarantee a hit and probably good damage if you beat the damage threshold, or if you beat beat the reflex defense. So, is this complicated? Hell's yes. Okay? And this is why many of the capital ship stat blocks have already done the work for you. Battery stats include numbers for non capital ships in parentheses right after the primary attack modifier. Okay? Bottom line think hard about what you're going to do before you attack plan it out. It is highly unlikely as a player character you're ever going to have access to a weapon battery. I mean, unless you're on a capital ship and you're, you know, you're, you're controlling it, which could happen, but it's more likely that you're going to be on the receiving end of capital ship badassery. So it's really the GM that's going to have to deal with this. And as a GM, plan this out ahead of time. Work it up on a sheet of paper and say, okay, uh, 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 th- this will be the plus to hit, and uh, this will be the damage and all that, and just write it into the stat block. And use it that way. Don't try to do this kind of math on the fly. Um, that would be my number one recommendation. But hopefully through that example, it kind of explained to you a little bit about how uh, batteries work, how starship combat works on that scale, and the pratfalls therein. I hope that helped. If you need further clarification, sir, then I really want to give it to you. Please email me at gmchris at d20radio.com. Get on the forums. We can go over it again and again if you need to. This is not a simple concept. Um, and you know, if by all means, if you really can't get it, Come on the show. We'll have you on the show. We'll talk it out in person. Uh Uh, You can Skype me. Have no problem with that. Beautiful. So so there we go. Now, if you guys have anything you want for the D20 Docking Bay, any burning questions in your mind you'd like answered, you can, of course, get on the forums at d20radio.com slash forum. Post it up there on the D20 Docking Bay requests thread. You can email us, GM Chris and GM Dave at d20radio.com or call the Lusa line.
0: You got it, brother. Wahoo. Wahoo.
2: So that about wraps it up for episode 35,
0: Dave. Yes, it does. Everyone, please remember to spay or neuter your pets. Don't eat at Hooters or Taco Cabana. Hmm. And... And? Keep them dice rolling. Peace, love, and good gaming.
1: D20 Radio, where gamers roll